Today I'll be interviewing Deb Harvey. My wife and Debbie met back in the mid-70s, actually a couple years before I met my wife. They were neighbors, but uh, quickly became friends because they shared so many interests. Uh, they both liked pets, flowers, quilts, uh, just to name a few. They were kind of soul sisters and still great friends uh, 40 years later, or more than 40 years later. Debbie has an artistic side. She's able to design and create beautiful things, which is part of what we're going to be talking about today. Now, this show is about old people having fun, and Debbie not only has fun with her creations, but also brings joy to those around her, as my wife can attest to. Uh, Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Uh, I guess, Debbie, I'd like to kind of go back in time. Uh, When did you first realize uh, that you were good at these artsy things and and enjoyed it? For the longest time, I didn't think I was all that good because... Um, my mother taught me sewing in 4-H with a bunch of my other friends. So I didn't have any um, extra special help from her or anything like that, except uh-huh. you know a little bit here and there, but I'd ask her questions. She, on the other hand, actually started sewing on a sewing machine when she was four years old, and she, it was a pedal machine. And uh-huh. she had to stand up and pedal. Wow. To sew, and she taught herself to sew that way. So I had it a lot easier. That'd be kind of aerobic. Yeah, <laughs> now they have yeah, desks it was. Like that. <laughs> uh, her mother was absolutely shocked when she saw her doing it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but that is kind of the way my whole family is on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother was a very practical sewer because she came. She was from the old country. They are um, uh, what's Volga the old Germans. country? German. Okay. Well, actually, it came from the Volga region of Russia, but they ah, were German, and they I were um, uh, ethnically separated from uh, Russians. And um, as a matter of fact, big family story from that is that um, Catherine the Great had. Um, invited them to come and settle their area. They wanted the okay. region settled and promised them that they could have their own religion, their own language, their, you know, and they wouldn't be conscripted into the army. Uh-huh. By the time my grandfather was a young man, um, it was the czar, you know, that decided that um, he needed more people for the Russian Revolution to fight ah. the revolutionaries. And so they conscripted all these Germans. And my f- grandfather had a wonderful story of how they were so upset about it that they one night got all the rest of the platoon drunk, <laughs> but they didn't drink, and then all the Germans escaped. And it was ah. from that he went back, picked up his wife, who was actually not my grandmother, it was his first wife, and uh, went to America and uh, settled uh-huh. in Colorado, uh-huh. where a lot of other Volga Germans were. So, um, yeah, he said, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of the family thought we had Russian in there, but it wasn't, you know, and I've done a lot of research on that. So, um, yeah, I think it's a fascinating story of how my grandparents got here. And, um, but because of that, my grandmother was practical about her sewing. You made quilts from the, you know, old clothes that you couldn't use anymore. You, you know, that kind of thing. It's a real practical Very practical all the way around. Right. Um, but all of my aunts and um, my uncles, to some extent, 
ended up doing something creative, and I think it all stemmed right. from my grandmother and she what had she that. did. Right. There were only four boys in the family, and they tended to work with the the farm stuff. And um, but I did have one uncle that I just adored, and um, he did carvings, and so he had. When he was dying on his deathbed, said he couldn't die because he still had to finish up some of those walking canes. Wow! And that's sort of how the family is, you know. Right. They just very industrious. They right did creative things, but it was right, you know. To, they had a passion for it. Yeah, right. yeah. So all of my aunts, um, pretty much. Uh, if you looked on Facebook, everybody in my family, especially female side's family, will list quilting, uh, cross stitch, crocheting, knitting, and all these <laughs> other different things that they do. And everybody did do most of those things. Right. Um, my mother seemed to be really particularly talented with a lot of this stuff. And so she started sewing at a very young age. Uh, my great aunt uh, forced my mother and, and her sister into quilting when they were eight years old. Wow. Uh, when she came to visit, you know, and they, they dreaded it then. But, you know, they ended up having the most beautiful stitches on their quilts. And I they bet. just had wonderful stuff. Um, everybody in the family did something. And I guess in comparison, I never felt I was all that good. I just felt like I was keeping up with everybody. <laughs> right. I have an older cousin who, for f I think it was 15 years while she was in Wisconsin, won the state wool contest for 15 years wow. or more. It might have even been more than that. She got married, moved to Iowa, and won it for the next 10 years in Iowa. This, what's the wool contest? Wool contest? A wool contest, making wool clothing I see. You know, out of I wool. See. I <laughs> yeah. see. And... Um, she was so precise. I mean, uh, to be able to win something like that, right. every stitch has to be exact. Right. So that's what I was in the midst of, and you just right. keep up with it. Right. Yeah. It's no accident that you're yeah. good at this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so I never really felt I was all that good. And I always tended to take a side turn with a lot of things because when I was in high school, one of my friends and I, you know, that was during the 60s, so right. yeah, right. <laughs> we decided we wanted a leather miniskirt outfit. So we got a couple of pelts of leather, and we spent all night, and we stayed up all night working <laughs> on this, of cutting, you know, all this leather apart and sewing it back together again. <laughs> I actually still have the outfit that wow. I made. Wow. It was a, uh, because we didn't have a lot of you know, leather to work with. Uh, it was a mini skirt, you know, <laughs> but the vest to it had the long fringe that went down to your knees. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we were so proud of those. And, uh, you know, it was really cool. And that's when I started getting off the family track of doing quilts and things yeah, like that and started different. doing right. things that interested me. Right. But I still have that outfit. It's still hanging <laughs> in my closet. Can't fit it anymore, but it's still hanging. Well, maybe there. A, a grandkid or something. Exactly. <laughs> if somebody has to dress up for a party or yeah, something. Yeah, right. You know? That'll be just what they need. Well, S did your mother, I'm assuming, didn't have the setup anything like this. Oh no. When I was growing up, she had a singer sewing machine that was put away every time she was done sewing. 
And, you know, so everything was nice and neat, but right. she didn't have a separate room for sewing in or anything like that. She still did a lot of sewing for me, which I was happy about because right. she did some cool things along right. the way. You know, she did complete wardrobe for my Barbie doll and right. <laughs> you know, things yeah. like that. But um, clothes, I got a lot of hand-me-downs because I had right. a lot of older cousins that were sure. female. And so I was glad when she made me something because then it was new. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, by the time I was in high school, I had gotten pretty proficient at all my sewing. Um, and so we would share things, but I'd always hike up the hem about five inches <laughs> and then I'd let it down it. after I was done with <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> but the thing I found in high school was that I could do really cool clothes on my right. own. <laughs> yeah. And so I ended up uh, making a few things in high school that just ended up really being pretty spectacular. Do you still actually. have some of those? Outfits? No, I don't. But boy, I sure remember them yeah. well. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, now, Unfortunately, this is an audio podcast, so people can't see where we're sitting right now. We're, uh, we're in Debbie and Jim's house. They have a huge basement. In fact, mm -hmm. her husband and I play pool in one section of it. And this whole section over here where we're sitting is uh, a sewing room, I guess you call it. Could you describe the setup here? Because it's really cool. There's tons of fabric and threads <laughs> everywhere. But I, I don't know enough about sewing to describe it for people. Could you kind of give them what it looks like in here? Okay, I have a big table in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, Which huge. I got along with my fancy sewing machine a couple of years ago. Um, I got a Bernina 880, and it does everything. It sews, it quilts, it embroiders. And so that's uh, that was one of my splurges after my mother died and... You know, I could get something totally on my own, and so I go, eh, I want to go back to, I started on a Bernina's, you oh. know. I practiced on Mother Singer, but she got me a Bernina, and when she got that for me, it indicated to me that she thought I was doing a good enough job to warrant getting right. a machine. Right, so that was good, <laughs> you yeah. Know? So, uh, to me, that was a really milestone in my right. sewing, was when right. she did that. Um, after that, of course, when I first went to school, I didn't have a situation. So, um, but, you know, after that, after, you know, working in some set fabric stores and things like that, I've been collecting stuff for a long time. So I have, oh, a really nice iron and ironing board. I have one whole wall that's almost all... Threads. Some of it is threads for embroidery, and some of it is threads for sewing. I have two huge bookcases of fabric, yeah. <laughs> and this is just stash fabric, mostly in purples because that's my favorite color. <laughs> <laughs> I also have at the top of that it is another whole, um, you know, bookcase that's full of. Mostly projects that I have planned, quilts where I have all the fabric together and the pattern together, kits that I've gotten along the way, like kits because you don't have to worry about getting everything together for right. it and you can just right. start on it. I also, when I really got into quilts, started doing mostly Civil War reproduction quilts. And so I have half of that bookcase is just the small pieces of fabric used for um, recreation. 
um, mostly for Civil War era stuff. And I have a number of uh, kits and stuff for that. I like the tones in the Civil War reproduction stuff. Um, A lot of the earth tones and stuff, and they're just uh, go together so nicely. They're really pretty. Uh, I have a mirror, which is covered over with a three-dimensional quilt top that I'm working on for my grandson, and um, that's a recent thing. I do try to do newer things along with some of the older things. Right now, I'm feeling like I've been away from my older things for too long, and I'm feeling need to get back. I then have a number of things with drawers and all that sort of stuff in with all my little knickknacks and the multitude of things that you use. Um, Two of the uh, uh, drawers and uh, case things um, are basically devoted to making purses. Ah. (laughs) And then I have some other big uh, storage cabinets for all sorts of other things. I try to keep a stockpile of um, batting and things like that around. And I have, oh, lots of things that I've played with and haven't gotten any further with, so I have them hanging up so I remember the, about them. Um, and then I do have another room behind me that's full of fabric. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of fabric. I collect fabric on my own. Um, My husband says I can smell a fabric store 20 miles away. (laughs) And I've actually proven that to be (laughs) true one time. (laughs) I I would like to throw something in here, too. It's all amazingly well organized for all this stuff. I mean, even there's a zillion things of thread and all these fabrics perfectly organized and actually set out kind of cool looking <laughs> well yeah I try to have it uh, workable yeah um, although when I get really creative mm. as you can see at the table in front of me it gets kind of messy <laughs> um, I think creativity at least for me thrives on you know just doing it and even if it makes a big mess you know right. sometimes it works out better that way because you're trying all these different <laughs> things. Um, by, by the way, that that's her dog in the background. It's not one of those in case you're wondering where those sounds were coming from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but every once in a while I have to clean everything up because, right. you know, if it gets too messy, then like my mother said, you're messy right. mind, messy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> and then you can't think straight. Well, it's that German, you know, everything's got to be organized. Uh, yeah, yeah. There is like. a certain amount of that. And it's sort of, it's part of your showing off. Like, I got to be able to see my fabric if I'm going to try to match right. something you know so yeah. that's why i have it right so nice and neat and clean it, it is it, it, and it's, it's just a cool room it feels good to be here <laughs> it's very comfortable um yeah i have to be comfortable in it and certainly when we moved here it was i can definitely go all out uh-huh. so i have a tv set up that if i yeah. want to watch it i can i have my music right which I do have a funny story about my music. Yeah, let's hear it. At our old house, you know, the, it was in the basement, but it was a walkout basement. And uh-huh. so most of the time when I went down there, I'd put the earphones on and I'd listen to music and I'd dance around while I was <laughs> doing things, you know. Well, this one time we had these guys, they were 
replacing our windows. And so they'd already taken the windows out there, and they were working on one of the other windows. And I'm just going to town, dancing around (laughs) to the music that they can't hear. And all of a sudden, I look up, and the two guys are standing at the window watching me. I was a little embarrassed about that, but um, I don't have to worry about that here. Yeah, they have a house that's out in the woods kind of here. Yeah. It's wonderful, away from town and everything. Mm -hmm. And so the only people I have to worry about is who's playing pool next door. Yeah, yeah. Her husband and I are the main problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I actually have a story from my wife. We we were out to eat with Deb and Jim, and, and... Linda's always ordering a purse or something from Debbie. <laughs> she makes beautiful purses. And so Debbie brought it and handed it to Linda. And just at that time, our waitress came over to check, see if we're ready to order. And she goes, oh, my God, that's a most beautiful <laughs> purse. And and then Linda said, well, Debbie just made this for me. So she says, could you make me one? <laughs> and so, which I guess is kind of how you... Your business is all yeah, word of mouth, right? Yeah, you know, and a lot of people want me to go on Etsy or online or something uh-huh. like that. But I guess there's two main factors on that. One is that I don't need to make the money, and I right. don't feel the inclination to be charging. You know, right. if I charge anybody, it's for the cost of the materials, and right. that's it. With my friends, which are most of the people who get my purses, it's just... They're my friends, right. you know, and yeah. I like making things yeah. for them that make them happy. You're a good you know? friend to have. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in a lot yeah. of ways I am. Yeah. Uh, not everybody appreciates it, but, you know, yeah. no, <laughs> people like it's, Linda it's are well made worth Linda it. Linda happy, I know that. Yeah, but I, I've had, yeah, I've had people... University Hospital, quite a few times I've been stopped and told what a beautiful purse I have. Yeah. And then I'll. Yeah. Who made that? <laughs> yeah. And I, even the last time I was stopped, it was um, a woman walking behind me said, Is that purse made out of cork? You must have made it yourself. And I'm like, Wow, I'm impressed you recognize that it was cork. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. So she must have been able to do some sewing too. But yeah, right. I started out just, um, well, I saw a pattern. Uh, there's really a whole story. I was doing quilts. Um, my mother had been doing most of the quilts, but as she got older and she couldn't do the piecing as well and stuff like that, we ended up with an agreement where I did a lot of the piecing and she did the hand quilting. And so, you know, it worked out really well for a long time. And then, uh, matter of fact, Linda got one of her special last quilts that she had quilted on. And, um, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and it, and it's it was quilt. yeah, and it was unique in that my mother's stitching was perfect in the middle of the quilt, and then as she got out to one side, her memory was you know oh, she was losing right. her memory, right. and so it sort of her skills were going with it, and all of a sudden her uh, stitching is big, you know stitches and nothing right. like what she usually did. Right. And it, I had already determined this was going to be Linda's quilt because it was right. her fabrics type sure. of thing, you know. Right. And um, and this quilts talk to me when I'm making them. They really do. <laughs> they tell me, oh, you know who you haven't done a quilt for yet, and they'd love these colors, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, this one I knew was going to Linda. And so I was sitting there debating about taking out a bunch of my mother's hand quilting. And I go, wait a minute, Linda knows my mother. 
Linda would appreciate this more than anybody else. So I left all of that in there, and I just finished quilting it on my own after that, and then explained to her why it was so messy. Well, it tells a story, kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what she and I both said, is that, to me, it told the story of her decline, of her health and her mental love. And she was still making things for people. Oh, yeah. And at the end, she was pretty much just knitting because she said, one time she told me it was soothing to knit. Right. Because she didn't have to think about it. Right. So maybe that's what I'll end up doing too when I get too old to do this. Yeah. But (laughs) it it, it seems like it'd be good therapy. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps you you from thinking about things you don't want to think about. Oh, yeah. And what I did for her is I got her uh, fancy yarns and she made hats for people for the winter. And, you know, a lot of people appreciate the hats. We have a lot of them to, you know, charity places and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, you know, that, that was a special quilt and Linda's got that. And I think we both would, um, never get rid of it because it meant so much in so many ways. Yeah. So anyway, I was quilting for most of the time and then I got this purse pattern and I thought it was really kind of cool because it had, you know, stripes of different fabrics on it. So it was like, use up a bunch of my leftovers and stuff. Right. Well, then it turned out that I had somebody ask me to make 10 of these purses for their (laughs) Christmas presents. One of my uh, husband's co-workers, like, you know, I don't know, he showed her a picture, I think it was, and she just went crazy over him, asked me to do 10 more. I ended up making like 15 of them because I made them for some of my friends and stuff like that. And so when I was in one of the fabric stores, I'm picking out all these fabrics and uh, trying to coordinate them all. And the woman looks at me and goes, do you make quilts? And I said, well, not many. My mother does most of the quilts in our family. You have such an eye for the colors and the combos. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you have a talent for this. And after I got all those purses done, I started thinking about it. And by then I already had all these things in my mind about what I wanted to do put together and all this sort of stuff so I got more creative about my quilts even just with that interaction Right. Right. but um, then the purses started becoming so popular that I started making getting more patterns and trying more purses and by this time, they're diverting me a lot from my quilts. Um, <laughs> well, the thing about purses, people see them. People don't yeah, see yeah. your quilts, necessarily, but um, you're they kind of a, visit. Yeah. yeah, I guess they're here. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you're kind of a walking advertisement. When yeah, you, when that's you go true. So, and every time I do one that, um, I always try to make them for myself first so that I know how they work out and, you know, right. whether I want to do it again or not, because right. some patterns aren't worth it. And uh, so then I'd get done, and then Susan or Linda or somebody will see it and go, right. oh, I want one just like that, but could you do it in different colors, you know? Right. So I do that. I That's the creative part of doing it. And right. sometimes it has become, like right now, it's like almost all the time I'm doing purses, which I have collected all the different hardware and all the different stuff that goes along <laughs> so with you're all it. Set. Yeah, yeah. I get the interfacing by the bolt. I get you know, so I, yeah. you know, can do these things. But I don't ask for 
anything, right. uh, you know. I just want people to enjoy them, and yeah. I like to know they appreciate them. Well, they do. I, I can testify, like I <laughs> yeah. said, from my wife and other people that I know that have gotten your stuff. So uh, <laughs> you have, you know, as I said at the start, this is about old people having fun, and you not only have fun, but as I said, you you spread it. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's why I want to do this podcast. I really appreciate you doing it. I wish we had time to talk about some of Deb's other artistic outlets. She's an amazing landscaper. She has beautiful flower gardens, and she's also a great cook. I can't fit all her talents into a single podcast, so I'm going to try and talk Deb into doing her own podcast, which I think would be great. Anyway, I am grateful that she took time to share some of the things she's working on with us today. <laughs> 